My life has been changed. <laughs> My life has been changed. Changed so much that I came home and had to teach yesterday and incorporate it into my teaching. Mm. That's how impacted I was. Mm. You ain't got touched that way. Man, my very soul. You hear me? <laughs> my very soul. Welcome in. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. I am Sean Davis at SD2 Mics. And of course, the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire at Overtime Malik. He took a day off. To handle some uh some business while in LA. The Nora boys get, you know, did some things on rooftop. That's right. <laughs> LA nights. We got it in, we found out we knew the same people in certain circles. And then we had a special guest join us. Another Notre Dame guy joined us. It was a great time, man. Thanks, Redfield made an appearance. Yeah, I look. I've never seen LA like I saw it Friday night. It was a, it was a good time, time, man. It's a great time. Great and time. it's crazy that the, the Midwest is real strong out here in LA. Oh, dude, Chicago was repping all weekend. I didn't realize it was a big festival there. I did yeah. know the new edition of Jodeci were playing at the Forum. Saturday Saturday night. I knew that. That's why my guy Trey was in town. Got it. Him and his wife. They flew in to see the new edition joint. And then they went down to San Diego. But I did not know there was a hip hop festival in town over the weekend as well. So we went to the third spot and I ran into some more people from Chicago that I went to college with that were in town working they work at late they were in town at the festival and you know the third venue was a real small venue as you know you know when they're shoulder to shoulder and um yo i think i think some some of the little homies had a problem with me at the third spot yeah yeah they had a little problem with me you know I had my what guy. happened? You know, I'm from Chicago, so I don't, I don't bang. But you know, anytime I wear a hat, you could probably say it's tilted a little bit to the left, just a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that was no different on Friday. So we get to the third spot, and we the third spot is probably a little less classier. Then the first two spots we went to. Uh, yeah, by a lot, probably, I can imagine. <laughs> I'm glad you can confirm that. Yeah. So it's a different crowd. Much Just younger is. crowd. And, oh, but shout out to the DJ. Dude was Had phenomenal. The cuts. He was phenomenal. Absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal because the – the set he had, because we were only there for like 45 minutes, but the set he did was, you know how you sample tracks, you know, for a song. So he would play the sample and play like 30 seconds of the sample and then transition into like the actual mm. song. So he built up the anticipation because once you heard the sample, I'll give you a perfect example. He, he played 30 seconds of I Choose You. 
Everybody mm. knew Outkast and UGK was coming. We yeah. knew it. So that's, like that's 30 the... seconds, like everybody's like, oh, ah, right, right, yeah. right. And then he dropped that bass line. Boom, boom, boom. It was, it was a rap. It was, and it was like wall to wall, everybody going, reconsider, read some litter. Like everybody just spit yeah. every word for like three minutes. It was it was crazy. So, dude, shout out to him. Fantastic job. But yeah, I'm walking through, and you can't walk through because, like I said, it's shoulder to shoulder. So, you know, you have to squeeze through. And, you know, I didn't know what do. Shorty was just looking at me like I was short <clears throat> as I'm walking by. And I'm like, so my guy behind me is like, shout out to Tim from Chicago. was like, oh, did I, am I tripping? Was like Shorty measuring you up? And I'm like, man, I, I don't know Shorty. But I peeped that Shorty pointed, tapped this boy and pointed to me. Now his boy had his hat banging to the right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So at the time I had no- This is, a, this is, a, this is during our DJ. Dude, this is like, I had no clue what was going on. I just knew he sized me up. I knew it was some energy. So me, shout out to our mutual friend, Sid Nolan. Shout out to him for hosting us on Friday night. Did an incredible job. We walked back to the other side to find some room on the other side of the bar. And we're standing there and we're chilling. And, yo, I'm getting the same energy from across the bar. Now, this is across the room. Now, now you're purposely, now you're purposely looking at me across the room. But little does he know that crew that I went to college with is right behind him. Right? Okay, so you got the, the crew right behind him. The people crew right behind him. And two of the dudes that, that were from Chicago were squad. <laughs> These are my boys. These are my boys that play at Illinois, play ball. So I'm like, I'm good, first of all, because I'm not even in that mood. You know, dude, you already know the progression of the night. So you know the mood I was in. Like, oh, I'm, we were great. Yeah, we were. We were, we were greatest, greatest, man, greatest, greatest <laughs> we mood were like, of all time. Like, you cannot take, I wasn't like on anything. But I was on a high. Yeah, we were good. Yeah, and I'm we like, just... Dude, you, you're not bringing me down, bro. Like, nah, not, whatever not you that got night. going on, exactly. And at that point, I'm like, okay, I'm with my guy over here. My guys are behind you. And the other rest of the Chicago crew is like to his right. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm good. Like, whatever goes down, I'm good. And then 10 minutes later, I had the rough set up out of there because. He a mess. He got no. He, he was, was done by the end. He got a little bit too aggressive. Yeah, he was tired, man. He got a little he bit was... too aggressive. And I said, okay, it, it's time. It's time, time to go home, man. Everybody got to go home, bro. That's why we only spent like forty-five minutes in a spot. But shout out to everybody that hosted, man. Shout out to the Dream, the Harriet, man. Yo, I got to get back out there, bro. 
sooner rather than later. Got to get back out there. And um, that was my first opportunity to meet Max Redfield, man. Good dude. Enjoyed his company. We laughed, picked it. The Nor boys were definitely in the building out in LA. So we're back today. Got a lot to cover. First two practices are in the books. Uh, LL Nation, I'll be in town Thursday night. Get at me. Everybody that wants to meet me at Frankie's. That's right. <laughs> we're going to Frankie's Thursday night. We're going to Frankie's. I don't know if our girl DBZ is in the chat. If she is, if she's not, let her know. I'm in town Thursday night. I'm hitting Frankie up. I'll be there at about 7. At about 7, I'll be at Frankie's. Give me some grub. Make it happen. LL Nation, you want to come out, break bread with your boy? Let's do it. Let's do it. Because I got an early night. Got to get up. Pro day the next morning. And then the open practice on Saturday. I'll be there with Irish Breakdown covering it and also giving you updates for Lucky Lefty Podcast as well. So, Tommy Reese met with Tommy Reese. He met with the media. Mm. And normally, I will have the video clips, but there was a lot of exterior noise. So the sound quality really isn't that good. And it's like if I raise the volume, it just raises the back. I didn't have time to filter out and all that stuff. So and he's not he's not a uh, an exactly loud talker. <laughs> so I know he was giving the monotone responses. Oh man, so we'll get to your questions because I see people have questions about Friday, but um basically he said, look. He is really happy, especially with the offensive line. He pointed out something that I forgot, bro, because we are over the hill happy about Blake Fisher and Joe Alt at the tackle positions. And he reminded me that Joe Alt played seven games and Blake Fisher played one and a half. And I was like, yo, you're right. Like total, they've only played eight and a half games of college football. Extremely talented. But a lot of growth for them. But I wouldn't rather put them in any other hands other than Harry Heastan. Like, that's what makes me feel comfortable about their lack of inexperience or their lack of experience. Yeah, seriously. Like, if they didn't have Heastan, the eight games would be big for me. But having Heastan, the eight games don't matter, man. The eight games is plenty enough. And they're going to be well-equipped going into the game, at least with the confidence and the support that they know they're in the right, they're in the right spot. Yeah, they're in the right spot because he stands not going to have you not prepared for that week. So, one of the other things he touched on was how happy he was with freshman running back Jadorian Price. He compared him. You said that, young prophet. You said that. I said that. So watch this kid. He said his demeanor is very similar to Chris Tyree when he came in. He's all about business. And he used the word unflappable when talking about the freshman running back. Now, that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of bodies to climb to get carries. You know what I mean? Like all Jagastame, Logan Diggs, Chris Tyree. He wasn't, he wasn't even expecting to talk about price this early. No, 
I didn't even think he was going to be getting that much action just because it was just so deep in the running back room. And you wouldn't think that the running back position, because I think people disrespect in, in today's football, the running back position is a tad bit disrespected. And what I mean by that is, you know, people will say, man, you, you know, it's a position you can just plug a running back in, right? NFL, like you don't have to draft a running back high. You can just draft a running back in the second, third, fourth round and put him behind a good offensive line, and he can get 1,500 yards. That's kind of disrespectful, especially when you have a special. You know, like Travion Henderson was special. You saw it in high school. He was a special running back for Ohio State as a freshman. He'll decide how good he'll be on the next level. And Dorian Price was a late bloomer. He's a late bloomer. Yeah, he was. Yeah. His senior year, he really blew up. His film really blew up. People tried to get on him late, and Notre Dame had pretty much sealed the deal. So when you look at the running back situation, you know, I just don't want people to think, I'm, I, I, you know what? At first I was like, you know what? We've done a good job recruiting the running back group at Notre Dame. And truly the elite unit has been the offensive line. But going out and getting a talent like Jadorian Price can't hurt when you include no. the offensive line. No, no. Yeah, I mean, running backs, you can't have enough. I think I can say that for sure. When we had Tarian, Greg Bryant, CJ, Josh Adams, Dex, I mean, that's a lot of names. But we were still able to get all those guys in, and we needed all those guys mm. at the time they were at school. Now, we didn't know. And everybody was healthy. Yeah. But we saw real quick how fast that running back room dwindled by the time it got towards the end of the year. You like, damn, we thought we was gonna be having too many. Now we don't have enough. You right. Know? So essentially that's what ended up happening with us when we end up having CJ switch over. I mean, that's us coming off of Cam McDaniel, Theo, Sierra, George Atkins. I mean, we had guys for it that whole time. So just to see the transition of it being that, yeah, it looks like a lot, but it's really not. Same thing for receivers. We always talked about there's not enough footballs for the receiver room, but middle to the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of guys dropping out. So, yeah, it's a lot now for the spring, but by the time we get to fall, you'll start to see it really shaping up the way it's supposed to be. Man. And I hope it goes that route. I hope it goes that route. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're discussing Tommy Reese meeting with the media this weekend and his discussions and what he talked about. We already covered the fact that he loves where the offensive line is and especially his young tackles. And now he he, he pointed out how Jadorian Price is really, man, he's, he's catching eyes. And he used the word unflappable, which for me, you know, to hear that from a freshman, a freshman running back. Like I said, I just think the position is super disrespected right about now across football because – and I don't know if people really – I don't know when it changed per se, but I just don't – I think people with the opening of these offenses, they look at these short screen passes as running plays. And I just think they can manufacture the running game via the pass a lot of times. They've definitely, especially these pass-heavy teams like the Washington States, you know, some of your Big 12 schools like Baylor, 
they find a way to use those bubble screens, those quick screens outside to really put the pressure on the, the weakest, what you would assume the weakest part of defense is from a tackling position, and that was your corners and safeties. So with the passing league and how it became so fast mm-hmm. from uh, time of snap to the next play, uh, it's been it's been J-rigged for the football to fly around a lot more. So the running back has almost been blended into just an athlete, you know, an, a, a stronger athlete, a strong, like a fast tight end almost, because even the running backs are catching the ball heavier clips than in years before. So uh, with the quarterbacks getting better and better in college, you'll start to see a lot of more offenses open up. I mean, some offenses are going to stay traditional, like the Wisconsin's yeah. of the world. Yeah. You know, your Michigans, you know, there's armies. You know, you're going to have some traditional college football teams that lean heavy on the run. And you're going to have, you know, you're, there's going to be a place for that. But when you're talking about what we're transitioning to, what I think Tommy wants to do, Jack throwing 60, 60 passes in that game is more on trend to what's going on in college football than uh, what Michigan did to beat Ohio State last year. So I think we have to find the middle between 60 passes at Fiesta Bowl last year and what Michigan did running the ball. with. I think our running backs are better than Michigan's running backs from a group-to-group standpoint. From a talent standpoint? Yeah. I would would agree with that. I I would would agree with that. So if we had to look at a game plan, if you can find somewhere in the middle to get enough effective runs in there like Michigan did last year, but then also be able to put some of those pass plays. You saw some from what we saw uh, uh, Lorenzo and Braden Lindsay on some of the routes he would look good in. Putting those pieces together and to come up with a good game plan to help a young quarterback out. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Now we're going to get to the quarterbacks because both of them met with the media as well. Very interesting comments from uh, the, the people's champ. Look at this, man. I'm not, I promise you, I'm not being a hater. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is the people chant, the people's champ talks and sits and puts on the persona of a starting quarterback. (laughs) All I'm saying is the first time he met with the media, it's the spring. I'm just telling you, when you look at him and you look at himself, looks like a starting quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean anything because I don't know what he's doing on the field. I'll give you an update after I watch practice on Saturday, and I'll let you know what he's looking like. But I know the vibe I'm getting. He looks like a starter. So I mean, I you didn't see the video on Twitter, man. Regardless, I think that's good. Regardless, because that's going to elevate Tyler's game. Oh, it has to. It's if like, he's a competitor, yeah, yeah. Like he's not being handed anything. Like, you're going to have to win this thing. So you feel good as a fan base. If Tyler Buckner is named the starter, you feel good because you know, like, yo. He had a, he had a, he had a fight on his hand. He had a fight on his hand. He had to compete. So if they feel comfortable walking into the horseshoe with him, hey, we might have something. So I feel, man, I feel really good about what I heard this weekend. Now. The offense and where it's going. Tommy Reese was asked about that as well. And one of the things he pointed out is that, yo, last year was different because Jack Cohn was really mature. 
And regardless of what you think about Jack Cohn as a quarterback, he did come in and settle that position and give some leadership to that position because he had been there and done that previously at Wisconsin. Regardless of what you think about him as a quarterback, that's one thing he did do for the quarterback boom and the quarterback situation. He was a great bridge, and you were able to still win, you know, 10 games. But the pressure it puts on or the difference now to call games and game plan and teach is a little bit different now for Tommy Reese because he has two youngsters. He has two youngsters. Like this is the third semester for Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine has been there, but he doesn't have a lot of playing experience. So now how Tommy Reese develops this offense around that is going to be very interesting, especially having two different types of quarterbacks. This is going to be a very important spring to see how this plays out with this offense and these two quarterbacks. Definitely classic. Same old, same old you're going to get from, you, if you're serious, and Marcus Freeman has been doing all the right steps yeah. up to this point, the smartest thing you can do is establish the identity of the offense by naming a starting quarterback at the end of the spring. That's the only thing that will make the difference between what this quarterback competition can be and what all the other quarterback competitions were before. The thing that made it the, the challenging part was that you waited too long. Because you had two different style of quarterbacks, the time you wasted running two different style of offenses through spring camp, through yeah. summer camp, through the fall, it's too much. Now you're getting in the season and it's crunch time and you got to call, you got to go to your best plays. You know, you, you stuck with half and half. You know, you got half stuff that the one guy does well and half with the other. So you never really get a full clip of things when it comes to late game play calls per se. But I do think the spring is, is going to be competitive, but let's make it easy this year. I think you can tell in enough practices in the spring, who's going to be leading the charge going out to at least a fall camp going in Ohio state, just because how much better can you get from spring to summer anyway? That's an interesting question. I mean, how how good can you get from spring to summer? How much better can you get? For them to be, I feel like Tyler and Drew, from a production standpoint, are about the same right now. Mm. I don't see none of those unique qualities from either one. From a perception standpoint or expectation standpoint? Well, expectation, they're both the same. Okay. But from a talent standpoint, they're not. But neither one of their better attributes overshines the other one. You know, like Tyler's running probably doesn't overshine uh, Drew's accuracy, you know, for instance. So they're going to give you about the same level of production, which in my opinion makes it easier because now it's like no harm, no foul who you go with. If anything, just go with the older guy. If, you, if you're looking for that maturity, because if that's the first thing you're noticing about Jack, and what was added to the room or what was missing from this year, your best maturity would be the people's champ. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. Just because there's nothing Tyler can really do, which, you know, that's that's fine. But then build around that, you know, with a mature guy like that, yeah. you have more to the offense you can add 
and more you can do and feel comfortable with. Lucky Lefty Podcast. So we moved to the quarterbacks, right? They both met the media. And let's start with the people's champ. And um, had a great comment here by somebody in the chat that I'll use to kind of just uh, shout out Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. Thank you for tapping in. Drew has been the people's champ since he did the McGregor walk against Wisconsin. <laughs> LOL, let's go Irish. It was dope when he did the McGregor walk against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Drew Pine was asked about the wide receivers. You're going to like this. I think LL Nation is going to like this. Mm-hmm. When he was asked about the progression of the wide receivers and how they're looking, his response was, they look great. And the first thing we notice about the job that Coach Stuckey's doing is that he didn't say anything to them. They all just got in the film room as soon as he got to Notre Dame. That says a lot. <laughs> now, that says a lot about what was. It says a lot about where they were when he arrived. But it speaks volumes to the improvement we can possibly see in the fall. Well, they got off of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they got real yeah. film. They ain't get YouTube yeah. when they got real film. So that's yeah. a good start. <laughs> like, hmm. Notre Dame has their own film of their own games. Yeah, that's they actually serious. they actually have a database. Database of actually a lot of different film. NFL film, college film. Hey, we don't have to go to YouTube now, guys. We ain't St. Peter's, you know. <laughs> you said we ain't St. Peter's, you stupid. Oh, man, lucky, lucky podcast, but that's good to hear. And Drew Pine talked about his efforts going outside Notre Dame and putting in the work even during spring break in the videos. And look, he said he's looking forward to leading this team. That, that's his goal, to lead this team won a national championship. I told you, this guy isn't handing over the reins to that quarterback room. No, he's he just feels, handing he feels like it's his time. Yeah. He ain't handing over the reins, he's handing the ball off. So man. That, man, now that's something both of them will be doing a lot of next year. Turn around, hand this ball off. But I do like his goals, though. He wants to be in control of the team. He ain't saying yeah. he out there trying to be the best quarterback in the nation or – Beat the other guy every day that's in that's competing with him. Yeah. He's trying to be what he's good at, which is getting the support of the guys around him. Yeah. He said his all feet all season's focus was all about his own game. Like just getting better. His, his I mean, game. yeah, I mean it should be. Also, he had, he was asked about the offensive line. Everybody's excited about this offensive line, bro. <laughs> and look. Let's be real. The excitement, it's only been two practices, right? Like, I don't know what you can garner from two practices. I'm I'm sure it's not a full goal practice. But everybody knows the reason why that building is hyped around the offensive line. Some good players there. There's some talent there. But that dude, H2. H2 is H2. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, the vibe. As soon as they, as soon as they heard that corner of the, of the practice going crazy, a bunch of yelling right. and pads clacking and right. a bunch of cussing and all nonsense, he's like, okay, yeah, we're getting better. 
What do you think? As soon as you, as soon as you in practice and you see that herd of buffalo go back on the field with the helmets on, like we in the middle of practice still. Thirty minutes, forty minutes after practice, you know we getting better. You know what do you getting- think? What do you think Ace Tither would do if they played Ace to the Izzo when he walked into the practice facility? He'll probably be cussing over it. You know, he probably he be he be you know, he's he's actually calm actually during all of the stuff. I just love when it's like we get in the midst of eleven on eleven, one on one drills, especially if guys aren't used to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going in, and you just love what it does for the practice. It raises the energy of the practice, and you know he's he's on a hundred percent. That's the one thing you can count on is that. He's not skipping practices on his on his energy level or his mood. Yeah. No, he's he's kicking butt from beginning to end in the meeting room to the field and off the field. And then last but not least, when he was asked about his goal for this offseason and heading into fall camp, just to get better, just to get better, run the offense, be efficient. Look, man, this is the checklist for either Notre Dame quarterback as they come to the line of scrimmage. Get the play, call the play, walk to the line of scrimmage, identify the middle linebacker, change the line if it needs to be changed. Heck, you might not need to do that because Jared Patterson is a fifth-year So you might not need to do that. JP might have that on lock. Identify the Mike linebacker, identify the coverage. Call hike and hand the ball off. That's it. That's it. That's it. And third down, look, make the play. That's yeah, hit that, hit that little out route to Michael Mayer. Yeah, make the play. And when you get a wide open receiver deep, because we're going to have them. We're going to have them. We're going to have them. We have them. Them. Hit them a stride. That's it. That's all we're asking. Hit them early. I wouldn't even say hit a stride. Them hit, them hit them early, man. That's all we're asking. It's real simple. It's real simple. Tyler Buckner. He met with the media. Tyler Buckner was really excited, man. Really excited. Said he learned a lot. He also gave a sneak peek into last year. He said his his role was I was he knew going into the season what his role was going to be. He knew he had really no shot at being the starting quarterback, and he knew that he was going to be a package guy, the change up, or he said the change up guy, the change the the uh, vibe of the game. He knew that's who he was. Now you, you sh- you're shaking your head already. You're shaking your head already because for you, you felt like, yo, give him the keys, let him learn. It'll put us in a better position going into next year. But we're here now. We're here. He is who he is. He feels more comfortable. His third semester, his second spring. How much can he improve? I don't think that. I would ask you if I was there, I'm like, do you think that that year served you with the role that you had in any way for right now? Probably not. Because now you're 50-50 with the guy that was a third stringer last year. So if I if I had to think if last year really prepared him for this moment, probably not. Probably mm-hmm. not. It was more of like a year where you could say you played in the game. No different than a freshman playing special teams when he first gets there. You know, you you play. Man, you liking it to special teams? From the effect of 
That's from a little the, bit more responsibility than running downfield trying to make a tackle or kickoff, bro. But from the but from the effect of how is it helping him right now? None of that experience from last year is helping him right now. Right now, if you ask Tommy in a, in a, in a room with the door closed, he's gonna say it's a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the and that's the the crazy part about it is because Tyler Buckner is a highly recruited quarterback. In the same class as Caleb Williams, went through the same Elite 11 process. They were one and two the whole time. I can only imagine if Caleb Williams last year was like, yeah, I mean, I, I knew my role. I was going to be a change up the pace guy. You have to slow down, man. You know there are some people in LL Nation that feel like Tyler's a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. I'm just, I'm just saying. Just, I don't think. You know, they would have lost Caleb Williams a lot earlier than what they would have if they would have told him that. Then Lincoln Riley wouldn't have left. He would have been fired. (laughs) The way that team was going. But I'm saying, but why is that that not our expectation? Like, you know, that's what saying that same conversation with quarterbacks that are doing it in college football right now is laughable. You think C.J. Stroud – if they had another quarterback in there, they're like, hey, CJ, Justin Fields is here, but you're here to just give us that that little that little splash of whatever you got. Say whatever you got. <laughs> whatever you got. Go in there and just do your little dance real quick. Come on, man. Like we that means you're not taking him serious as a recruit. Cause what recruit, a top recruit that's supposed to be the face of your program leading the charge. Yeah. You're recruiting the first year to come in and be like, hey, five-star guy, four-star guy. You're going to be our little little splash on top. I mean, we could have recruited anybody in that case. So I don't know if the they're valuing the value of what Tyler Buckner had coming in. Yeah. They're just going to use him like as a, as a change of pace guy. <laughs> yeah, see, Donnie Cruz – he says something here. I got Donnie Cruz. I look. He says, thanks for tapping in, Donnie, from up there in the NY. Buckner going to be a beast, but he will have turnovers as a first year starter and some old, some old games, some good games and some bad games and great games. Uh, see that mm-mm. give me Drew Pine. Like if that's gonna be the case <laughs> with this defense. And this offensive line, the running backs, no, no. I don't no. I don't need no bad. You can have average games. I'll take yeah. average games. I don't need bad games. Because that, that statement's all over the board. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do with we'll have a little some bit of good, some great, some really bad. Some t- I don't need that. I don't need that. No. We're Notre Dame. Why are we even talking about our quarterbacks like that? Like yeah. I don't need that. That's at not all. our expectation. We no. ain't going. We don't have Trevor Lawrence wasn't at Clemson talking about well you know he's going to be up and down and good and bad and you know sometimes you get this sometimes you get they don't even do that with guys like Sam Howell who's not at a Notre Dame level but consistency is what matters do we have a consistent guy yet we don't know but I think the more mature guy will make up for a better starter especially for that first game. See, let me clarify, too. I want to make sure I'm bringing clarity to what I just said. 
what I said was a response to Donnie Cruz. It was not me saying that I don't like Tyler Buckner and I want Drew Pine because I know I know how everybody is. They'll run to another board and put on the board. That so they gonna go to the other board. podcast that he wants Tyler Buckner to sit on the bench because of this and because of that, and Drew Pine should be the starter. When I didn't say any of that, you say that I merely responded to what I got Donnie Cruz said, and that's it. So I want to be clear. Don't try to put words in my mouth. Don't run to another board, another show. <laughs> no, I look, I, I have a dog in this fight, and it's the quarterback that's not yeah. going to turn the ball over. That, that's the dog in the fight. Whatever quarterback is not going to turn the ball over and can consistently run the offense and complete third down passes for third and five, third and six, and keep the chains moving. As we run behind that offensive line, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Hopefully both can do it because injuries take place. Hopefully both injuries can do take place. Yeah, I think I think I think we'll see both of them in there throughout the year. I just hope that seeing them both throughout the year is is not because one is just doing so bad that we had to throw the other one in there. Let it be. You know, they both play because we're blowing the other team out or something. So, Lucky Lefty Podcast, we're just talking about the spring, man. And Tommy Reese and the two quarterbacks meeting with the media over the weekend. We have a lot more to get to. I told Malik what was coming. I told Malik that the Malice Part 2 was coming. And I have more evidence <laughs> this weekend of why it's on the way. Then we have to get to. That's part of the show, right? Petty Junction. We'll talk about that. And then we'll get to, yo, who's the best quarterback in the AFC North, bro? We're going to get to that. You got to be real. No, 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 no. Don't run from this one. I know your allegiance. Uh, this is, I know who's last, and that's Mr. Christie. <laughs> I say it on that one right now. Mr. You know last. They should put an insert a slot and then put him at fifth. So then he'd be the blank space in fifth. Yeah, I see my girl. I see our girl DBZ finally got into the chat. DBZ, I'm in the bin Thursday night. We grubbing. L -L -H. <laughs> I'm in the bin about six. In the Give bin. me a chance to get settled. We're going out and we're going to break bread together. So whoever wants to meet up with me in the bin. Let me know. Hit me up in the chat. Email us or hit me in the DM on Instagram or on Twitter, and we'll make the plans. I can't wait to get with LL Nation and experience certain things. Now, see, this is this is funny. I just saw this, so let me just go ahead. We just, matter of fact, we just threw up a, a hot board over at Irish Breakdown with the remaining wide receivers in the 20, 2023 class. Sid Irish says, if Cardinal's mama wants dollars, Indy has no shot. We done been through this Once again, before. we went through it. Hey, hey, bro. We this route before. <laughs> hey, bro. In 2000, you, your significant other, you sitting back there, Right around the piano on that right couch. On the 
running, <laughs> running piano in 2039. Mm-hmm. And you all are making a decision, right? Okay. Are you telling me money's not going to be a factor the way NIL is going to evolve? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a factor. Okay. Are you a bad parent? No. It's a smart parent. Just, just a smart parent. Is, is his mom going to be a, a bad parent because of that? No. So be a great parent. Does that mean does that mean you want money or does that mean you're looking out for your kid? Yeah, you you taking uh the best things on the table. Because most people feel like he do. He should he should already sign his office sheet to Notre Dame right now. Yes, it should be signed right now. I think so. I think that's more on the coaches not sealing the deal. Okay, I'm just saying. But I agree. I wrote a great article. It's a fantastic article. Notre Dame can only blame themselves for being in this position. And the fact that the SEC schools could come in late and make a presentation is because Notre Dame was lazy under the previous regime. Period. It's the same reason we just explained that Notre Dame receivers have kind of had an eye-opening experience with Chancey Stuckey watching film. Huh? Watch film. We do that together? With the coaches at Notre Dame, the wide receiver coach is about to watch film with us. You don't say. You don't say. You don't say. Hmm. Things are changing at Montgomery Ward. That's the old commercial. Like, really? Hey, man, look. Shout out to Stuck, though. Shout out to Stuck. From from all the all that I can gather, he's doing a tremendous job. Tremendous job with the current roster, with the class of 2023 and the class of 2024 from the kids that I talked to him last week after the pot of gold went out on the 17th. That's right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Corey D. Hey, I totally agree. They're talking about they ain't got no talent. Chancey Stucky doesn't think so. Man. That cat flat out said, man, we got role players, man. Role players? <laughs> Damn. I thought he was talking about musical theater, man. Dude, what does that say about your recruiting, bro? No, he was saying that he couldn't recruit the right – the kids couldn't – wouldn't come or something like that. He had a whole whole excuse field plan. Man, look. All I know is that – Irish Players Club is lit. I think they're sold out. They're going to be releasing some more stuff. I know they have something for the Legacy Weekend that they're building, too. Look, Notre Dame is like, look, if you don't want the athletic director, if you don't want all of the alumni all up in your business, dancing all through your video. That's right. Come to Notre Dame. Another the players run their own NIL. That's that should right. be the pitch. That should be the pitch. Like, what if watching our ND on YouTube did that with Big Sug on stage? Seriously, that's what we got to do. You don't want the coaches, the boosters, the alumni all up in your video. All up in your video. Money. Yeah. You don't want the state of Georgia taking 20% off the top. 
Yeah, because you dealing with big taxes because you a six figure earner now. Well, you don't want that fourteen percent state tax in California. Yeah, come to Notre Dame. Come to Notre Dame. Come to Notre Dame. That's all. We just got a big sugar. We got to flip it. A big sugar, man. We got to mf it. We got to mf it. Marcus Freeman it. Yo. So I asked this question. Oh, before we get to that recruiting news, um, big recruiting weekend, tons of wide receivers came through. You know, Carnell Tate came through early last week. Uh, Carnell Tate today has been interacting. Matter of fact, Notre Dame fans, LL Nation, go interact with Carnell Tate. He's asking you to follow him on Instagram today. Follow him, showing up, show him the love. He posted a picture from his trip with him and his mom back to back. Retweet it. Let him feel the love. The kid loves Notre Dame. Let me reiterate. The kid loves Notre Dame. Shower the young man with love. Let his mom know that this is where he needs to be in South Bend. Let's make it happen. You want to make a difference? Here's your opportunity. Show him the love. Shout out to Nico Iamaliva on his commitment to Tennessee. Most say the second best quarterback in the class. Kudos to him. I hope that NIL deal is sweet. It's a good spot for him. Changes yeah. up the SEC a little bit. Shock me a little bit. a good program and is relevant when the right people are there. Shock me a little bit because I thought Mario Cristobal really needed that one recruit to really get things going in Miami. And I really thought I, I, Miami just kind of fit. I just thought it kind of fit, Nico. Mm. But shout out to Josh Heupel and the job yep. that the volunteers are doing. They got their guy. They got their guy. They got their guy. Who's the best quarterback in the AFC North, my dude? Don't run from it. Don't run from it. Don't don't you run. Don't you run. Don't you run from it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Answer the question. Who is the best quarterback in the AFC North? You got three of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, man. In one division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this intro stuff, huh? We do. Yo, who's the best quarterback in the AFC North, my dude? I got to go Deshaun. But 1A is definitely Joey B. Shout out to A. Shout out to Lyle Collins. That's right. That's a great pickup. That's what they needed. Offensive line. They lost OB on the defensive line in free mm-hmm. agency. So we'll see how that defense. Why are they gonna get some some freaking Aiden Hutchinson or something? You know they gonna they get Aiden Hutchinson. I got Lamar as my number two because that's a waste of pick. <laughs> Agree. Look, for people that say Joe Burrow, I do. I wouldn't be mad at that. And people that say Deshaun hasn't played, but if look, Joe Burrow had a really good year, great year, really, 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 and the year he had pales in comparison. 
to the year Deshaun Watson had the last time he was on the field. Yeah, he was going crazy. So, but yo, Miss Trubisky's in the AFC North, fam. I got Dwayne Haskins starting. <laughs> I hope. Or Mason Rudolph. Not Mason Rudolph. Come on, man. They've been one Mason to start so bad. They kept forcing Ben to keep playing until they until he was until they, they developed until they developed Mason. Come on, man. Yeah. Mm-mm. Look here, man. I am super excited about seeing a guy get on the field. Eventually, he may end up having to sit because now that everything's been settled from a criminal standpoint, the NFL might go ahead and say, okay, three game suspension, four game suspension. Whatever. But $2230 million guaranteed, you're doing something. Woo-wee! Look here, man. I thought he was headed to the ATL. I was like, oh, that's a perfect fit. Oh, that's a great that's fit. A beautiful fit. Great fit. Great In Georgia, probably have a lot of say-so, kind of a mini-rebuild. You're a little mayor. little mayor of Georgia right there. Yeah, man. They had all the players. Trey Young was calling them. They had Quavo calling them. You know? Damn. With that guaranteed 230, and it was like, you know what? I like it. I like it in Cleveland. (laughs) It's hard to beat that guarantee. And see, the Cleveland move is the short-term move. That's the best beat. Hey, look. The only team in the AFC Central that Joe B hasn't beaten is the Cleveland Browns, bro. Yeah. That's the only team he's yet to beat in the division. Deshaun gonna make it hard, man. And whoever gets out of the AFC period to the Super Bowl, you done you done did some things. Yeah. You done did some things. You done went through Pat Mahomes. Now what you talking AFC North, AFC West. AFC North. Ooh, you think so? Oh yeah. You got Pat, Herbert, Russ. I'm taking Deshaun. Over Russell Wilson. Okay, and you got Pat Joe. is obviously you Pat. over Herbert. I've, you said who? I was just teasing with you. Yeah, Did you all just see how his face totally changed like that? Like you said, what? That's how the dude. That's how the dude was ice grilling me at the other spot. That's like the way you just gr- ice grill me. Sophia Herbert. That's the same way dude was ice grilling. Dude. Yeah. Chad Brown said you capping on the rust tip, bro. On the rust tip? Yeah. I'm taking Deshaun Watson. I'm taking Deshaun Watson over Russell Russell Wilson. Any day of the week, just because of where we are right now. Yeah. If they were both the same age when they both start, you know, what if, what if, what if? But right now, that AFC North is tough. Now you got, I got Michael. I got Mike said you dissing the quarterbacks in the AFC West, man. First of oh, all, I forgot people... about Carr. I forgot about Carr. Yeah, you forgot okay. about it because he wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't nothing to yeah, remember. Yeah, but oh. 
He just they was just trying to let go of Carr a couple years ago. He's gonna look a lot better with seventeen, though. He is. He's gonna look that. a whole lot better with seventeen. I agree with that, but he's not better than the MVP and Lamar Jackson. Definitely not better than D. Watt. And then Joey Joey B on the come up, like seriously, you're taking Don't those. Forget Trubisky, man. Don't forget Trubisky. Who? Who? Haskins? Yeah, I'm putting. Ha- okay, so Herbert Wilson and Carr. Man. Herbert Wilson and Carr, or Watson Jackson and Burrow. They have seen North by far. Mm. That's, that's an interesting debate, man. I can't wait to see it play out. Hey, who, if you had to start your team outside of Mahomes, give me your three from both if, if both divisions, all six quarterbacks were on the draft board. Mahomes was first one taken. Who are you? Who are the other three you taking? Two of the first three would probably come from the AFC North. Okay. If I had all six of them on the board. Okay, two of them out of the top. Yeah, yeah. The Mahomes would be the only one from the AFC West I would take in the top three. Top three. D-Wan, Joe Even, even you right get the four. Him. Even if you get the four, yeah. I'm still taking yeah. AFC. Four, four, four probably would be. I'll probably who, though? But who? I'll probably would take Russ four. Over who? What you mean over who? Over Joey B? Slightly, okay. Slightly. Yeah, bro. I no, just look, I understand we're ecstatic over what Joe B just did, but he's got a stack. Yeah, he's going for sure. A singer would do in the studio, stack them vocals, dude. You gotta stack them years, <laughs> bro. You gotta I stack agree. You gotta stack it. He's hot right now. So okay, I'll give he you Russ's four. I'll give you Russ's four. He is. But Joey B is four B. He right there. I, I, I think, I think Herbert Herbert's got a stack. Shit. <laughs> Herbert ain't doing nothing. He's Carl. had two good years. What do you mean he's got a stack? Come on, man. He ain't he been no more years has, he been in, has he been an MVP? Here we go. Okay. Has Carr been an MVP anytime? He was close. What do you think about Pat getting Juju? Juju on that beat. Man, Pat, Pat. Long as he got number ten, you realize Juju is going to have single coverage all year, bro. He had single coverage in uh, Pittsburgh. If, if, Juju, if Juju can't put up at least sixty catches, I just don't think he has right. the speed. I just don't think he has the speed. He need the speed. You know, all as a number one. No, no. He ain't. First of all, Tariq Hill is the number one. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> No, please. I thought you were talking about the Steelers. I thought you were talking no, about the Steelers. No, no, no. He signed with the Chiefs. No, I know. I'm just saying he didn't have the speed. That's why when he was the number one at oh, the yeah, Steelers, yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with he that. He wasn't getting busy. He didn't yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he, he gets the same talk that the Notre Dame quarterbacks get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? After Kelsey and Tariq get theirs, we'll find you. Yeah, you're for gonna, sure. You're gonna, you're gonna be on the third cornerback anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't beat the third cornerback consistently this year, it you might be a wrap for you, my brother. It might be a wrap for you. You're about to go full time TikTok, man. Man, that's man. Man, Will Chesnick said you forgot car because there's nothing to remember. That's what I said. Yeah, absolutely not. 
Lucky Lefty Podcast. Yo, so I want to give some thanks before we get to you know a part of the show. Can I can I do that? Okay. I give some thanks. <laughs> I like to thank LL Nation for we had to celebrate on Friday night in style. Uh, thank you to the Notre Dame fans and LL Nation for the support. Thank you for getting us to two thousand. As far as subscriptions since August, it's a huge feat. We're humble and we're very appreciative, and we couldn't have done it without you. Uh, thank you to my guy, said Nolan, who showed us a great time Friday and helping us celebrate. Uh, thank you to my boy Malik Zaire, who welcomed me in, man, brought me my first Honora bottle, gave me a beautiful gift. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you to all the recruits that have made my transition into uh, dealing with you guys. Pleasurable. Thank you for the relationships that have been built, particularly ones like my guard, my guy from Chicago, Carnell Tate. I appreciate you. Thank you to your mom's sweet lady, repping the dub and uh, we're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep grinding. We're going to keep building. Lucky Lefty Podcast Network is going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to give you great content. And we'll never report that Tommy Rees is in Miami doing an interview. All right, let's move on. Yep. That's about all I got to say. <laughs> That's about all I got to say. I'll yeah. leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. You yeah. know, I had to do it. If I was going to do something and say something, I had to do it the way I did. You did do it the best way possible. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's Petty Historic Petty Junction? And I did that because you can just throw me on the petty train, bro. You got them there. Everybody's like, hey, yo, throw me on petty train, man. I don't care. Brought to you by Nora Whiskey. Norwhiskey.com is that premium American whiskey at Norwhiskey.com. That's all I'm saying. You know, I might get information straight from the horse's mouth that doesn't pan out. Instead of, you know, two days, recruit might decide to stay one day, but I'll never report that somebody is in Miami interviewing for a job. You can guarantee that. That's right. I'll never do that. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Let's talk about it. Petty Junction, pettiest stories of the day. Your boy Rick Ross. (laughs) Rick Ross is into a lot of things. You know, we went to the wings. Wings up. Got his drink ballet. Music. You know, palatial estate coming to America too. You know, like yo, 
He's into a lot. But one thing he needs to shut his mouth about is boxing. Here's Rick Ross talking about boxes doing too much. What the noises do? They make them noises just to put fear in the opponent's heart. <laughs> All that breathing shit. They want you to think they punching so fast like Bruce Lee. <laughs> That ain't nothing. That's a nigga making that noise with his mouth. And if you fall for it, that's you. I'm going to eat it. Ah! <laughs> Yo, this might be my favorite. This might be my favorite petty story, dude. Man. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Ah! <laughs> That cat the boss. Yeah. Oh, man. He about he in it. He into it. He said, don't fall for it though. Don't don't fall for the screaming. First, <laughs> uh, he wants to disrespect the boxes in the ring. They make noise, talking about they really not punching fast. They just uh, saying that to make look, man. Let me tell you something, bro. If you've ever sparred with anybody that's decent at boxing, the punches come pretty fast. Like, yeah. don't please don't listen to Rick Ross. Uh -oh. I don't know who he's sparring with, but they must not be good for him to disrespect the speed of professional boxers. He's probably boxing the dude behind him. <laughs> he probably was in the coat with the boots on, right? <laughs> come wow. on, man. Like, what are you doing? So next up, Scotty Barnes on the Petty Train. The question was funny for Scotty Barnes, man. He had just got done playing a tough game against the Lakers in Toronto. And look. Oh, he was like. <laughs> so here's your boy, Scotty Barnes, rookie for Toronto. Hey, Scotty. Uh, before you came into the league, um, did you have a, a poster of LeBron in your room? Like, What did he mean to you, you know, as a kid? Say that again. Uh, what did LeBron mean to you as a kid before you got into the league? Uh, so really, I was really a, a big Kobe fan. Uh, really, uh, so it was really like rivals and stuff like that. But of course, LeBron done so much for this game. Uh, of course, a Hall of Famer, uh, someone that's just so influential on this game. That just paves paves the way for so many people. Uh, being big, athletic, like my size, being able to dribble the ball, do multiple different things on the floor. Uh, so of course he was an influential for a, a lot of young kids like me. That was a nice recovery by Scotty Barnes. Nice recovery. Nice recovery at the end. Because he for sure didn't have much to say. <laughs> the beginning is hilarious, bro. Like, say that again. Yeah, yeah. Who? Like, man, I ain't had no post of LeBron in my room as a shorty. Like, what are you talking about? And he finally got the question. It's like, man, I'm a Kobe it, dude. Like, yeah, man, not even yeah. Not only that, he was like, I'm really a Kobe fan. I'm really bro. a Kobe dude. And they rivals, so I'm really not even messing with LeBron at that point. For real. <laughs> I got respect for the guy, you know, but I ain't no LeBron fan now. He tripping, <laughs> dude. That, that was it was classic, man. It was just so open. He's still it was, a kid. It was real pure. They say kids say the darndest things. And it was definitely like it was definitely like a locker room type yes. of response. Like, yes. what you think about Brian? You're like, Brian, man, ain't messing with no 
Oh, Kobe thing, you know. <laughs> and then he recovered for the PC answer. Yeah, like, man, you know, yeah, yeah. a guy like me, big, that can dribble, like watching him. Like, he been doing yeah, it. Yeah, you, know. you know, you know, he got to recover when he hit him with the, he's right. done a lot for his game, you know. Right, right, you right, know? right, right, right. He, he definitely. So, look, man, your boy Russell Westbrook, man. So he had, I, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, because I think I have the I clip where he bricked it and then stole it and made it. Oh, that was, wait a minute. I'm saying I, that was petty. I think I have both videos, dude. Let me let me make sure. Let me attempt to see if I have both. Because I know I have this one, which is hilarious, dude. Because I told you, let me preface this by telling you that I told you what was going to happen, bro. I told you what was going to happen. I told you that these fans talk crazy. It's going to get worse. And eventually we're going to have a part two of the malice. I told you it was coming. <laughs> I told you it was coming. And don't be shocked when it happens. So I don't think, do I have the other one? Yes. Yes, I do. So both, both of these clips of Russell Westbrook and I want to mention what happened with Joseph Nurkic last night in Indiana. It's coming, bro. I keep telling you. I keep telling you. If the NBA does not check these fans, it's coming. So the first one is Russell Westbrook in Washington before the game, shoot around. Watch what happens. Westbrook, I'm a biggest fan. Westbrook. I say I'm a biggest fan. Westbrook. 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 Russell Westbrook. Uh, no, no, no. I didn't mean it like that. Okay, I had to do it one like What I tell you, if you won't say it to their face, don't say it. As a fan, Russ got close and he folded. He folded. Security was right there. You might as well keep the same energy. You might as well say it now. You might as well say it. He folded, fam. You see how fast he folded? Westbrook. Westbrook. Westbrook, Russell Westbrook. That's my rule as an NBA fan. Like, yo, if you are not boss enough to say it in their face, just don't say it at all, man. Just don't do it. Don't do it. So the next time they go to Toronto to face the Raptors, they get Raptors, they get in town. Westbrook is out on the town. Like that, Russell, you good? No, you good? You good? I know I know you're not a little kid. All right, Russell. Yo, but yo, stop playing such shit. That's all I'm saying. You're good. You're nice. Russell, you're nice. You're not a little kid, Russell. I know. You're Russell. Russell, I fuck with you. I just want you to play better. I bet on you every night. I bet on you. You're good. Yo, let's cut. Take it easy, Russell. You're Russell. You're a goof. <laughs> See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? You all apologetic in his face, and then he gets in the car, you walking away. You a goof. You a clown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You a clown. You a chump, man. This is what I'm talking about. It's going to happen, bro. I'm telling you. Last night, Yusuf Nurkic walks over, snatches the phone from the fan in the front row that's heckling Do it. crazy. Do it. And throws it, walks up on the kid, and the kid says, what you going to do? 
He's looking for the lawsuit. He's literally looking for the lawsuit. The NBA, I'm telling you, bro, I see it coming, and I keep trying. Look. Look, it's coming, bro, because they don't check these fans, oh and they God. don't let them know, like, yo, y'all need to chill out. Security's right there. They hear this crazy stuff. These kids, these are little kids talking crazy. These aren't grown men. These little kids have gotten bold. Come on, man. We have to do a better job. We have to do a better job because there's only so much that these athletes are going to take. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Yervis <laughs> took the man's phone and just straight threw it. Threw it. Hey, bro. I'm telling you. Shout out to Randy Gregory, too. I got to throw you on the petty train, man. <laughs> if you could just say F the Cowboys. <laughs> to tell Jerry Jones you were signing with the Cowboys, then sign with the Denver Broncos, and basically tell Cowboy Nation and Jerry Jones, man, F y'all. And hey, that weed's a hell of a drug, man. Oh. <laughs> you stupid. You stupid. <laughs> He's got you wilding out out here. Because <laughs> it's just, it's petty because it's unnecessary. You that know, it seems to be a corn husker thing, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of addictions you can trace back to Lincoln, Nebraska, bro. That's right. That's right. I'm just saying. They got to get some more, uh, some town activities going on, man. If you'll be too bored, caught up in the house all day. Uh, Will Chesnick said, did I misinterpret the Tommy thing? Uh, was you joking or making light of the situation a month ago? A follow-up interview with Miami is extremely sketched. No, I'm just saying that, you know, you'll never see me report something that didn't actually happen. That's all. I just want to make sure everybody knows that. I don't report things that never happened as they did. That's all I'm saying. I'll never do that. I might get a scoop before everybody else and say a player is going to be in town for a visit and, and say that the initial plan was for multiple days and things change. That's not on me. And when you try to throw darts at me, you know, I just want to make it clear that I'll never report something as happening that never happened. That's all. Throw me on a petty train. We'll be back tomorrow, guys. Same time. More time to talk about your question. Oh, I want to get to the super chat. I'm sorry. I got Truman Dumail. We thank you for the super chat. I forgot to get to it. I definitely don't want to overlook it. Yeah, I'm just being petty. Will, just Sean being petty. Uh, Chad Brown, thank you for the super chat. Y'all ever in the 260. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, yes, he did, Colin. I'm telling you, Stucky has been an all-star since he's gotten to Notre Dame. An all-star with the players and the parents of these recruits. Great man. Looks like Tommy Reese is right and who he wanted to be the wide receiver coach. Kudos him. There's a super chat. Shout out to I got Truman Dumel. We appreciate you.
Let's see. Two worker. What's good? Haven't seen you in a while. And once again, guys, if you guys have an idea for a show, sports related, betting related, you want to be a part of Lucky Lefty Nation and Lucky Lefty Podcast Network, email us. Hit us up. Let us know. Shoot us your idea. We'll set up a time to take your pitch, and you might be on the Lucky Lefty Podcast Network before you know it. We appreciate you guys. We're expanding, and we look forward to possibly having one of you guys be a part of that. I actually have my best friend from childhood lives in Fort Wayne, and I have not been down there since uh, I think it was 16 when her mom passed away and I came down for the services. So I haven't been to 260 for about six years. Yo, Antoine, I literally, I spent, uh, the spot I stayed in was in officially in Inglewood, but it was literally like three blocks from Hawthorne. And yo, you're right. Hawthorne hits different. It hits different out there. So, from my boy Malik Zaire, as always, brought to you by Nora Whiskey and NoraWhiskey.com. Premium American Whiskey and NoraWhiskey.com. From Malik, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Another episode of the Lucky Lefty Podcast.